What a way to start that road trip. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aw, yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. Also, also, you could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. We've got a lot to talk about as far as this game, and we will finish today's podcast with the three stars of last week. So a lot to get to on today's show. Let's dive right in. The Anaheim Ducks start a five-game road trip at TD Garden in Boston. Just to refresh your memories, the Ducks' five-game road trip is in order against the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday, the Habs on Thursday, the Sens on Saturday, and then they finish off the following Monday at Detroit. So a lot to look forward to on this road trip. I said I would be happy if they get six points on this road trip. Well, they're well on their way. They're a third of the way there, in fact, after last night's 5-3 victory over the Boston Bruins. Let's go over that game quickly. It was a homecoming of sorts for Trevor Zegers. I know only one season in Boston doesn't necessarily constitute a homecoming per se. Nonetheless, he did have one magical year in Boston. And in fact, I did retweet with retweet with this. He had a memorable game at TD Garden. Who remembers this? This happened about two years ago now, where Trevor Zegras performed sorcery. Sorcery against North... I want to say it was Northeastern, the Huskies, that he scored that goal against as a member of the BU Terriers. And Trevor Zegras put away the puck at the buzzer. Yeah, remember that? This was with about one second left. He put it away from the goalie's right side. He jumped into the bench. He was celebrating like crazy. So he scored the game-tying goal. And then he subsequently got super pissed off at the officials for what I thought at the time was a pretty soft call against Boston. And then Northeastern scored in the power play. They lost that beanpot. Zegers wanted to possibly come back for another season at BU, if not for the fact that COVID happened. Yeah, that goal took place exactly one month before the pandemic really took over everything. So Zegers could have had a chance to make himself known in the Frozen Four. That didn't happen. And then college hockey just took a complete back turn the following season. So we have Zegers back in Boston for the first time in almost two years. And what does he do? Hey, he at least scored a point. We'll get to that a little bit later. First... At the start of the game, we saw that Cam Fowler and all-star Troy Vetchkin, I mean Troy Terry, returns to the lineup. Finally, hurrah. So both Fowler and Terry are back. Meaning, hey, guess what? You have Fowler and Shattenkirk on that second D pairing. You have Hampus Lindholm and Jamie Drysdale. And then you have Patterson and Mahura. Alright, I'm that's better. It's not bad. And then Terry gets slotted in the second line with Max Comtois and Sam Steele. You still have Zegris, Getzloff, Raquel on that first line, which has been doing pretty well. First in the game, we had a pretty, I guess, heady moment. I do use that word on purpose because heady in the sense that Oscar Steen 
just obliterated Nicholas Delorier. He boarded him. Delorier went right to the locker room. He didn't come back for the rest of the game, unfortunately. It was a five-minute major at the time. And then it got reduced to a two-minute minor instead of a major against Oscar Steen. What the heck was that? I know Oscar Steen is not a dirty player. He's not. But when you have the Oscar Steen penalty happen, and then you have the Brendan Lemieux penalty happen a few hundred miles down at around the same time, one gets two minutes, one gets 15 minutes. Where's the consistency in the call? I thought it should have been a five-minute major, but it didn't matter because Getzloff made them pay for their sins. The Elite 1C had a perfect screen out in front of Tuka Rask, and then Ryan Getzloff made them pay on the power play, making it one nothing Ducks. So you know what? That's what you get for boarding Nick Delorier. So Derek Grant made it one nothing. Second period we go. Isaac Lundestrom. He scores on a shorty. A short-handed goal. This was one of the stupidest goals I've seen in a while. I even tweeted like, what the hell was that? That should not have gone in. Tuka Rask flubbed it. Isaac Lundestrom did make a power move towards the net. And he just kind of placed it in front of Tuka Rask. And Rask just... He just lost it between his pads, and he should have saved it. Like, as soon as it got under his pads, he should have closed up and saved it. But no, it squibbed right past him at about two miles an hour, if that. And the puck just went... Cross. Right across. It was that slow, guys. It really moved that slow across the line. And you could see some of the Bruins fans behind going, No! As if to do that in slow motion. So, (laughs) you know what? It counts. A slow, short-handed goal making it 2-0. It didn't matter how you scored as long as you scored, right? Yeah. Then after that, we had some fun action. We had a fight between Sam Carrick and Nick Foligno. Ah? Really? Yeah. that, That fight did happen. But you know what was the best part about that? Sam Carrick... Got him clean, right in the jaw. That fight did not take long. It didn't exactly knock out or knock down Nick Foligno, but you could tell after he got that punch right to the jaw that he just was not there anymore. He's like, oh, he he was still standing for what it's worth. But I would say Carrick won that fight. And then after a postigal, we were on... Well, at the time, we thought we were on Hattrick Watch, but it wasn't to be. Ryan Getzloff scored what I thought was going to be his second of the game. Turns out it was his first because the first goal did get changed from Getzloff to Derek Grant. So Ryan Getzloff with his first, not second goal. Yeah, I mean, Getzloff, I thought doubled his goal total, but it was a late change in the game. And then Taylor Hall scored in the power play for Boston, making it 3-2. Anaheim came out of that third period like they had a chip on their shoulder. That's what it looked like. And you know who struck on that one? Troy Terry. Sorry. All-star Troy Terry kept it going for the Ducks. A blistering shot right in the high slot just past Tukarask, making it 4-2 Anaheim. And then would you believe this? Greg Patterin, let me repeat that, Greg Patterin 
on a filthy pass from Trevor Zegras made it 5-2 Ducks. Boston did score very late in the game from Eric Halla, but it didn't matter at that point. 5-3 is your final score, and the Ducks have an impressive victory at TD Garden. The Ducks did outshoot Boston 27-6. They were 1-4-3 on the power play, which is good. They finally allowed a power play goal, the one to Taylor Hall, but that was a perfect power play goal, so I can't really blame the Ducks too much on that one. But the block shots, 23-3 in favor of the Ducks. I'll repeat that. 23-3 blocked shots in favor of the Ducks. The defense stepped up in front of John Gibson. Oh, and by the way, John Gibson pretty much said F you to a lot of the Boston Bruins. Wanted to get in a fight. Didn't quite happen, but I would have loved to have seen a Gibby fight. It'd be cool to see that, but it just didn't happen. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission and talk a little bit more about this game. But first, let's talk about everyone's favorite protein bar, Built Bar, which comes in 18 Great flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. Whether you like cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, maybe you like some mint in your brownie-flavored Built Bar. Oh, they also have Built Puffs, which are amazing. Check out the Churro Puffs or the White Chocolate Cheesecake Puff. You also have Built Boost. They have their Immunity Boost, which is very good around this time of year. Check out all the fantastic products that Built has to offer by going to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED. 15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after this first intermission, we will talk a little bit more about this one. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we are still talking about the game last night at TD Garden. The Ducks a 5-3 victor over the Boston Bruins, who are having a bit of their own goaltending issues recently. Swayman has had issues. Now Tuka Rask is having, in- I mean, maybe not injury issues, but he's having issues right now. So we'll see how long Tuka lasts in Boston. I mean, fans were saying we won Swayman last night. That's how That's how much of a mess it is with the Boston Bruins right now. Uh, and speaking about the Boston Bruins, just one thing before I get into my big take about it, is the Bruins, they're kind of going the way of the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm kind of seeing this trajectory maybe a little bit, but go with me on this one. The Chicago Blackhawks were, for better or worse, they were a dynasty. Starting in 2010, then going to 2013 and 2015, they won three Stanley Cups. They had a very good core, had Taze and Kane and Hosa amongst a bevy of other great players, but they were all a little bit older. And then the core started to show their age more and more. And now we're seeing a Blackhawks team that still has their aging core, but they're not really going anywhere. So now they're kind of in this in-between. They have to hold on to some of the old guys. They're trying to bring in young guys, but it's just not working in Chicago. And that's on top of all the other mess they have. The same kind of thing is beginning to happen in Boston. Just a little bit. Because that core is not getting any younger. Patrice Bergeron, he's been around for a long time. Brad Marchand, the rat, he's been around for a while. Taylor Hall, he's been around for over a decade now. Keep that in mind. David Pasternak, Pasta, 
He's in his prime right now, but I think he's going to start tailing off pretty soon. And then, of course, you have Charlie McAvoy and Tuka Rask. So, like, that part of the court is getting older. And Boston has to figure out which direction they want to go. So, that's kind of like my Boston takeaway. But my big takeaway for the Ducks is everyone needs to be proud of how much grit they showed. And the effort was definitely there. It helps when you have guys coming back in the lineup. But even when they were minus two men down for the third period, pretty much, they lost Nick Delorier. And then and then they lost Josh Mahura, who went hard into the net. So he kind of took out his self to avoid hitting Tuka Rask, which is fine. You do not want to get two minutes for goaltender interference. But the way he avoided Rask, he kind of went out under his own skate and hit the post super hard. He barely left under his own power, but it sucks to see Josh Mahura go down like that. And he was really writhing in pain. Sucks to see him go out like that. But the Ducks should be proud because they bared down. And what I mean by that is they bared down defensively against a very good Bruins team. Even though they're older, they still pack a punch on the offensive zone. David Pasternak, he scored 20 goals this season. He still has a lot of offense left in the tank. So they still have very good players. Taylor Hall, we know he could bust out at any moment. So when you have Hall and Pasternak and Marshawn and Bergeron, you have that four-headed monster, especially on the power play, they can do some damage. So for the Ducks to just say, no, we're going to buckle down defensively, that showed a lot of determination. And that showed me that when the Ducks have their best defense out there, they can go up against pretty much anybody defensively and especially on the penalty kill, which has been very good this season. Last game notwithstanding, the PK has been very good. The Ducks were clogging up lanes left and right. They were on... They were not allowing very many cross-ice passes. I counted, maybe in one hand, the amount of passes through the Royal Road on a 20-minute period. There wasn't many of those, and that led to less quality chances for the Boston Bruins. They did block some key shots. I mean, I did notice, obviously, that they were just getting key block after key block after key block, as evidenced by that insane 23-3 to stat as far as block shots are concerned. So the Ducks did everything they could to prevent the Bruins from getting into their offense, from getting into pass, pass, pass. Boston could not do that. They had to take one shot and that was it. Or they had one shot, maybe one rebound, and that was it. And this was with two guys down in the third period. Think about how much great effort it took for the Ducks to hold the lead without Delorier, without Mahura. That's pretty freaking good. And you've got to be super happy if you're Coach Jeff Ward. Sorry, Coach for now Jeff Ward. Because he will not be able to go up with the Ducks for the next game. So Mike Stuthers will take over again as Coach for the Ducks Wednesday at the Maple Leafs. But you've got to be proud. You've got to be proud of these guys, especially defensively. Jeff Ward, Mike Stuthers... They've really instilled a great attitude for the Ducks' defensive schemes. 
if they can continue that success for the rest of their season, there's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs, and there's also no reason why they should not be considered a tough out in the playoffs. If you had told me that the Ducks were going to be a tough out in the playoffs three months ago, I would have said you're crazy. But now that we're here, more than halfway through the season, and the Ducks are not only in a playoff spot, they're sitting in second place right now in the Pacific Division. Get this, the Ducks would have home ice advantage in the first round as of right now. Did you hear that? Do I need to say it again? As of right now, the Ducks would have home ice advantage in the first round. Who thought that was going to happen? Anybody? Anybody thought that was going to happen? I'll admit I didn't see that coming. But if they can continue the defense, they, they could be a tough out. They could win a round. I'd, I'd be thrilled if they won a round. That would give reason to have optimism for the future of this franchise. And that's with Jeff Solomon having the keys to the franchise. Hey, we still have a month to go before the trade deadline. You never know if the Ducks could bring in anybody at this point of the season if the Ducks have a successful road trip and they finish and they go to the All-Star break with a good record, do you go for it? That's another question for another day. And I talked about that last weekend on the mailbag, but we'll see what happens after this road trip. All right, we are going to head into the second intermission, but first let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And how about those divisional rounds? My God, that was some crazy football action. And now you have the 49ers against the Rams for the Super Bowl. Boy, those of you living in SoCal, you're all over that game. But of course, you have the NBA and you have the NHL both approaching their respective All-Star breaks. So to find out the latest lines on all those sports, head to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50, that's a 5-0% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And before we get into the three stars of the week, a bit of a programming note and a pretty important programming note. So I was planning on talking about all the stuff that happened in Jacksonville, in San Jose, in the AHL and the ECHL. I was going to talk about all that for one segment, but after what had happened the last couple of days... It deserves its own show. So that will be coming late Tuesday, early Wednesday. That'll be coming late tonight. And we're going to talk about it head on. We are going to talk about it. All right. So let me give my three stars of last week. Only one segment on this one. But there was only two games last week. The 2-0 loss to the Avs and the 5-1 victory against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So my first star is going to go to the hashtag Elite1C or the Elite1Star. Derek Grant gets my number one star of last week, and here's why. He did score two goals in that victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Derek Grant has been heating up recently. Whether you like him or not, Derek Grant is heating up right now. 
three goals in the last two games, thereby doubling his total. He's looked really good recently. So Derek Grant, goals number five and six against the Lightning, goal number seven against Boston, but not only because of the goal scoring. More importantly, I wanted to give Derek Grant the first star because how well he has done on the special teams. He had the power play goal Friday against Tampa Bay. But most importantly, let's talk about the penalty killing of Derek Grant. He's been pulling yeoman time out there. Over those two games between Tampa Bay and Colorado, Derek Grant had a whopping eight minutes and 51 seconds of penalty killing time. That's a lot of time. It's about 8.50. If you spend that much time on the kill and you allow no goals, yeah, in that week, they were 0 for 9 as far as allowing power play goals. So they were a perfect 9 for 9 on the kill. Very impressive, especially on Derek Grant's end. So not just the defense, but the offense as well. On both sides, Derek Grant is my number one star of the week. And keeping with the defensive theme, my number two star of the week has to go to Kevin Shattenkirk, who, like Grant, showed it on both ends of the ice. He had the game-winning goal against the Lightning on Friday night, his seventh of the season. Shattenkirk also having a good season. But look at that PK time. Oh, boy. In those two games between the Lightning and Avs, Kevin Shattenkirk put up an astounding 12 and a half minutes, 12 and a half minutes of PK time, not allowing a single goal. He put up the big minutes on each and every one of those penalty kills, and he deserves the number two star. I would say he deserves number one star, but Derek Grant had the two goal game, so he just edges out Kevin Shattenkirk. But Shatty, a very close Number two star of the week. My number three star. Speaking of defense, it has to go to Gibby. John Gibson played two big games against two tough opponents, Colorado and Tampa Bay. In those games, he stopped. You ready for this? 58 of 60 shots. Yeah, I'll repeat that. He got 58 saves out of 60 shots. His save percentage is around 970. The goals against about one and a half. He was terrific on both of those games. If he had any goal support in the game against the Avalanche, he probably could have gotten a victory or at least eked out a point. But the game against Tampa, they put some good shots on John Gibson and he stopped nearly all of them except for the one against Ross Colton. But Gibby was spectacular on on net, especially on Friday night. I thought that was one of his better games of this season. So he deserves a star of the week, and I give him my number three star of the week. So once again, my three stars of the past week, the elite one star, Derek Grant, Kevin Shattenkirk, and John Gibson. Will those three be stars once again next week? Tune in next week to find out. All right, uh, one last thing before we head off. I mentioned that the Ducks did start off the road trip with two points already. Toronto. Toronto's going to be tough, and the Ducks will be without some key personnel. So I don't know if I expect the Ducks to beat Toronto, but it'd be great if they got a point. And then you have these two games against the Habs and the Ottawa Senators. 
the Ducks can win both those games. They definitely could. And if that happens, then that game against Detroit would just be playing with house money at that point because they will have already gotten six points on the road trip. But that would still be a good thing for the Ducks if they can get six points on this roadie. So we will see what happens. Once again, game tomorrow afternoon against the Toronto Maple Leafs and a game on Thursday against the Ottawa Senators. So be sure to check all of that out. With that, we are going to wrap up today's podcast. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Don't forget, programming note, there will be another episode later on tonight, and it will be a very important episode. So just want to just wanna get that out there. All right. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.